Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Stay on Target. I'm here once again. This is John here with Cody yep. once more this week. And, uh, and we're going to be talking about the nominees for the Game Awards. This is the time of year that we always uh, do the rundown of all the Game Awards nominees, which uh, I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about the Game Awards. They usually have lots of cool announcements, that sort of thing. This is like the almost six exact opposite, like the calendar year, six months away from E3. Which we obviously didn't have E3 this year, but we had a lot of other things. And uh, this being spread out there, this is like the big thing for people to potentially announce things. As well as like, I, I as an awards show, I, I appreciate what they're doing with the, uh, the Game Awards as an awards show. And that's the part of it that I really like the most, I think, is like, I would watch the Game Awards even without all of the hype trailers and the game announcements and things like that. But, uh, but you know... Oh, it's, it adds it adds pluses to the to the to the run of show there, where you're like, oh, they have just saw some cool developer get a get an awesome award and uh, recognized for all their hard work, and also gonna see some you know awesome gameplay footage in a minute. So, um, but we're gonna do the rundown of those nominees. Before you do that, yes, John, can you explain to me? Yes. Who hosts the game awards? What government body has sanctioned this? <laughs> I mean, this is I mean, the official awards. Is this like an IGN thing? Who is who's this is uh, Jeff Keeley. So the way that this all started is Jeff Keeley used to do for, I believe, like Spike TV. OK, they did the Game Awards. And I think it was just it wasn't called the Game Awards. It was called like the Video Game Awards or something like that. It's like very like they, they've they've changed it's been all Jeff Keighley along the way, but like because okay. of like, hey, we're on this uh, network and we have this funding or whatever, they had a, a specific name. And then whenever that like uh, did not work out or whatever, he kind of took it and was like, okay, well, let me just call it the Game Awards and do it myself. And so he basically uh, organizes this whole organization, has a big, big panel or anything like that. And they, what they do is they take nominations from a lot of the uh, the gaming uh, journalist outlets. What do you call them? Like video game, video game journalist outlets. I. What am I? What am I? What video game I media? Medi- there it medi- is. Medium. That's right. So like they they take nominations from uh, like IGN and Kotaku and okay. uh, Polygon, and then like each of those uh, nominations, like they they then compile lists of like okay, these are the most nominated ones from okay. these, and uh, and then what they do is they put it out to the whole of the video game um, industry to vote on. And so that means like uh, like journalists, developers, like all these things. And so they're able to uh, to to have like an industry-wide kind of vote on these things. Um, there are some interesting ones in here, and it, it reminds me a little bit of the way that like some of the Grammys things have happened. Um, okay. So for instance, in like best, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'll just leave that tease there. I'm not surprised that you could just like off the cuff recite the entire like history and background of the game, video game awards. I, I don't know why. 
You're just it's, like a Wikipedia of this kind of. <laughs> it's fascinating because we've we've like to cover them on the podcast like the whole time that we've been doing them. They've been, they get like have gotten better and better and better every year. Um, and the first year that I remember covering them on the podcast, I believe that that was the first year that they were completely independent because I think that they were on Spike TV, and then they had like a year there where they were like somewhere else. But they weren't completely independent, uh, like just okay. streaming and that sort of thing. Um, and so nowadays, because they're just streaming, a lot of places like host the stream. Like it's a similar thing to all the like E3 press conferences where like Jeff Keighley will be like, hey, you can host the stream. You have like watch alongs or you have like IGN, like you go to their homepage and like click into their Twitch channel and it immediately just like it's hosted there. That's cool. So it's, it's, it's gotten bigger and bigger and it's changed a lot from being a like a single network on television to everywhere on the internet so it's like a festival like uh bonnaroo is its own company or something like that it's kind of one of those deals right all right that's right um i was i was happy like last year they had the three or was it last year when maybe two years ago they had all three uh platform holders like so they had uh uh, reggie fizume from uh nintendo before he left nintendo his body's Um, ready that's right and they had um uh, Andrew House from Sony uh, PlayStation, and then they had uh, Phil Spencer from Xbox, and they they all three like were on stage and they they delivered like this like sp- like obviously scripted thing like where they all like said like different lines to this like speech and it was like unity and g- video games are awesome you know yeah. hashtag video games are awesome and I, I was like I was very happy about that moment because I was like yeah this is sweet like all these platform holders they they like each other so. And then, you know, the next year, they, you know, some of them didn't show up. So, I don't know. <laughs> some of them didn't show up. <laughs> Reggie shows up, and he's got, like, a black eye. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like, they, they, whenever they all showed up on the stage there, they were all covered in makeup for some reason. I don't know. It's just like they were covering some, some battle wounds. He's <laughs> <laughs> just holding a machete. Like, <laughs> Phil Spencer was limping. I'm not sure what was going on. <laughs> Oh man! I just got but, back from the console wars. <laughs> we're, we'll talk about the Game Awards nominees a little bit later. Cody, what have you been up to this week? Anything? Like, I feel like this week has flown by. Uh, basically nothing. I sleep a lot. Uh, I eat. I just cooked a pizza. You played more box. Phasmophobia last night. I played I more eat- Phasmophobia. Uh, my buddy and his girlfriend, who is also my friend. All played. So we had three players. It, it, Dude, that's awesome. It gets a lot better. With three players? Yeah, it gets better. Because you can have like one guy in the van and he's like kind of watching things and yelling like when the activity is going up. You can't hear him because he's in the van, but he might run in and be like, get out of there. We haven't gotten to the point where we can buy the walkie-talkies yet because you're like getting more money as you go. There are walkie-talkies? That's great, dude. I think there's walkie-talkies. But, like, we had more resources so we could actually, like, go to a mission and have the things we need to do the mission. Mm. So you had a flashlight this time, then. Yeah, so, like, we had three flashlights. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, so that's cool. It gets a lot more fun. I can't imagine what it'd be like with four people. Dude, it would be, like, it would be the ultimate, you know? Like, I feel like that game probably was designed around having, like, a full host of, char- like, of, 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 of players, you know? I don't know what makes the game so fun. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff that I'd nitpick about it. Like, you can't, like, change the controls while you're in the game. 
Like, <laughs> Which, like all sorts of like weird, like kind of bad design choices or maybe just not thought about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I feel like some of that might also be what makes it fun because things True. aren't working as they're supposed to. And I mean, like, I feel like there is, there is an element to that. Like there is like in uh, call of duty Warzone, right? There is an element of like just video game jank in there that I actually find very fun where like whenever you have a team of like more than two, right? So if you have yeah. a team of like four people and there's no vehicle available, but you guys need to take a vehicle, but the only vehicle that's there is an ATV that only seats two, you can still take all four people on there, but the two <laughs> people have to stand on the ATV, like in on the front and on the back or whatever. And so literally you can have like this ATV driving down the road where there are, are two people, you know, riding it like you should ride it like normal. And then two people just standing on the, on the, the, the like hood of the thing. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, video game jank is like half of what makes video games fun to me, like hopping up a mountain in Skyrim, just because you can like, you can just force it by jumping. Like, right, right. Where you're like, oh, I'm only making like, like two feet at a time, but, uh, but, but, but I'm going to make it. Putting a bucket over the shopkeep's head so you can steal everything right. without them seeing you. <laughs> well, then, like, there's also the elements of like the kind of baked in jank where you're like, there's like barriers that you can't cross, and you're like, literally in real life, I would be able to do this. You know, it's oh, like yeah. I, I could just step over that stone, but like because it's a video game, you can't get by. So like, there's that those elements. So like, I I appreciate a little bit of jank within like video games where it's just if where. If it was too real, man, like nobody wants wants it to be like real life. <laughs> yeah. I like when the wall that I'm supposed to blow up is like clearly outlined with a crack <laughs> or something like Yeah. If when I've noticed like lately with games like where they're like too detailed and too realistic looking and I'm like I don't know the items I can interact with. <laughs> like those are supposed to be it's supposed to be like an old cartoon where like everything that's poorly drawn is is the interacting things and then everything else that's beautiful is the background it's supposed right. to be like that but now everything's beautiful and i don't know that's right i mean i, I mean what was it like ocarina of time it's like you could like look at a wall and be like a bomb goes there yeah you know and you don't even have the bomb yet you know <laughs> Just... <laughs> you're like ready you're like waiting for it right well like you're like clearly i must return to this location later yeah but um it, that's awesome. So, like, as far as phasmophobia goes, did you bust a ghost? We did bust one ghost. We finally busted a ghost. I didn't die either. Well, dude, that's amazing. Usually I die. I'm, like, very brave now because I've died so much. <laughs> You're just going to go ghost, in and get... Yeah, yeah. The ghosts don't scare me because I, I, I'm prepared for it. That's right. That's Not right. in VR, though. I haven't tried it in VR. I quit playing in VR. It's too scary. <laughs> Like I'm super brave. As long as it's not super realistic, then I'm. Uh, you and know, the lights I'm, are on, and like, yeah. <laughs> as long as as long as long as the lights are on, <laughs> it's daylight outside. It's daylight outside. <laughs> I can see the neighbor clearly from my window. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The uh, so like you know what happens whenever you bust a ghost? Like this isn't like a traditional like you know or I say traditional. This is probably more traditional than what I'm about to describe. But it's not like Ghostbusters, like where you suck it up in a vacuum or like uh, like Luigi's Mansion or anything. It's really disappointing. Uh, <laughs> so like you don't actually bust the ghost. You just like you get objectives like you're supposed to accomplish, and. Uh, you get objectives you're supposed to accomplish, and one of them is to figure out what type of ghost it is. Ah. 
So we actually managed to figure out what type of ghost it was. So I was pretty happy about that. That's pretty good. That's but pretty great. It, it turns out it's just, it's equivalent to all the other objectives. I thought it was like a big one. I thought you'd get more money for it or something, hmm. but it's the same as like taking a picture of dirty sink water, which <laughs> it's like you get 10 bucks or something for it. Man, I just wanted him to walk through the salt again. You know, that's my, that's my thought. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same as that. <laughs> the uh, so it's less about like ghost busting and more like ghost identifying. Yeah, and then you like you zip out of there. Unless maybe at the higher levels you can like kill the ghost, but I don't think you can. I mean, I feel like that would be an intense feat of video game programming to have like in VR have like ghost battles in this game that also lets you like have conversations with like you know these like digital fake ghosts. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how far the conversation thing goes. I think it's pretty much you saying their name. I, I, maybe I read into it too much before. I mean, do you have a Ouija board? I feel like, I feel like I've heard or I've seen like people be like, hey, you can communicate with these things like if you have the right items within this um, world. I'm too poor. I, I bet also, all, the, I, all the people listening that are probably really into this are like, dude, you are so terrible at this. <laughs> like, you have no idea. I, that's how I always feel about, about, about a lot of video games or a lot, a lot of things that we talk about. I'm always like, there's somebody out there who's like, you know, this is, they're like, they're laughing right now because it's, you know, <laughs> because like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This, this guy sounds like, a, like an eight-year-old playing this game for the first time. Um, I did see somebody online had like, had said like that they're uh they're you know somebody that they live with had been like are you okay i heard you like last night like talking about summoning spirits and like all this <laughs> it's like are you all right is everything okay and they're like i'm fine it's a video game so like they had to explain the video game to their to their friend oh yeah that that would be embarrassing because i caught myself saying like maybe it's not a wraith maybe it's an oni or a yuri <laughs> that's awesome so, like, you know it, it left fingerprints maybe it's a demon <laughs> oh my gosh dude i love it um well that's awesome this week i have been uh playing more of the xbox series x which is wonderful something that i didn't talk about last week that i feel like i need to like call out there is that the new generation of consoles sounds really good oh like, really the audio is is fantastic like i didn't know that there would be that much of an upgrade because on my xbox one i had the uh, dolby atmos like their their like yeah. programming in there so like on headphones it would it sounds like everything's coming from around you and above you and below you mm -hmm. but like this is so much better than it used to be and I think it comes down to that they, uh, I was doing some like looking around afterwards because I was like, I'm not just, you know, this isn't just my perception, right? Like this is a real yeah. thing that's better. And it definitely is. On the uh, PlayStation 5, like they have like supposedly like the best uh, 3D audio that, is, that, that exists. Like everybody's like calling it out and I'm, I'm excited to play that. But on the Xbox, they have dedicated a, a per portion of the processing specifically for audio. So where it's like developers... Um, like don't have to have conversations and be like, Hey, we're going to sacrifice this like graphical intensity to have the audio. They just have, you know, this, this, uh, a certain amount for the processing for audio. And so what that gets into is like, there's more room for it and there's more okay. like, uh, things that you can do spatially. Audio is an important aspect of games that I feel like doesn't get enough. Get Agreed. Enough I feel like there are certain games that do it really well, like horror games or things like that, like uh, Resident Evil, like th games like that, like have done it really well in the past. And I feel like they're dead. It's because those style of games 
they just are okay dedicating system resources to that rather than like graphics or something. Yeah, because it's a big part of the vibe. That's right. That's right. I mean, especially like with uh, with things that are supposed to be spooky. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, like the 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 you know, some of this breathing down your neck, and you you hear it incredibly yeah. clearly that it's behind you rather than like sounding like it's like in front of you. It's you know amazing. I actually like was reading a, a bunch of interviews like with uh, the designers and programmers and things about obviously as an audio uh, engineering, you know nerd slash that's my like job um <laughs> the uh it's very intriguing to me to read about a lot of the uh the completely like silent rooms and things like that that they have like the completely dead rooms where they do a lot oh, of the yeah. testing for this stuff the anechoic so, chambers yeah the anechoic chambers and like different ones that microsoft will have like microsoft has supposedly the quietest room on earth in on like in one of their facilities yeah, um, which is crazy like, to me that of them of all people like why yeah and it's like, well, I think like it started as like a research development thing and, and it, it kind of continued through like connect and they do like they, the, the guy was talking about how they had done a lot of this technology in um, office phones and stuff like that, where it's like literally like a, a speaker phone that they, you know, so they needed to do this research so they could cancel out other sounds like the room oh. sounds but have the vocals in there and stuff. So it's just a, a fascinating way to come at audio and then it translates into video games in this way um but they have different anechoic chambers for different purposes purposes these quiet rooms that like you go in and are they're super so quiet in fact that he was describing that like if you go into these rooms for the, like in a, in a couple of minutes yeah. you'll like hear your blood flowing through your body where it'll be like a, a sound that's like a shh like that type of a sound because like, and that's like just your blood and he's like and you notice your heart's like pumping and you know it'll be really loud and like he's like it'll be very disconcerting like because you're you'll try to like yawn or like pop your ears because like yeah you'll think because you can't hear anything that there is uh something need, going on yeah. yeah like your inner ear balance is off and so like you might feel a little out of whack and he said if you're in there for long enough he's like you'll start uh having um what do you call it? Audio auditory hallucinations. Yeah. Yeah. He said he had never done it. Like never like purposefully been in there long enough to do that. Um, he's like, but if you go in there for 15 minutes or so, he's like, it'll be, uh, you'll start hearing, like, think you hear distinctly like things from your memory because your brain is just trying to fill the gap, you know? Yeah. It's like a sensory deprivation chamber or something like that, but only one sense. Right. Right. It's it's like, oh, here's just like one sense is just completely removed. And so like that fascinates me a lot. Like where where it's like I just I wanna go and try to do this. Like I wanna go into one of these places and just be like, let's just just let me in here for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> see what this, is good. this is what's gonna play in like your like it's like the last thing you hear of like in the documentary, like before John lost it. And they're they're just like replaying <laughs> this audio. I just wanna John... go in there fifteen minutes and see. Just fifteen minutes, you know. Just, just it's only just you like it's just you shaking in a padded room, like <laughs> afterwards. This is after fifteen minutes in the anechoic chamber. Well, and he was saying that some of them uh, weren't designed like he's like you can't spend a long period of time in in most of them because they don't have like air conditioning, and so oh. like there's just no airflow. Like because and he's like we, we had to like go way out of our way to like create one that you can stay in for a long period of time because like you have to isolate the uh air conditioning unit from yeah. the the like the actual room that you're in that makes sense so, which is which is fascinating to me as well um 
but yeah, anyway, so the audio in the new Xbox is is amazing. It sounds really good. Same headphones, like same everything. It's literally yeah. just the box that's different. And it's everything sounds like really fuller. Everything has more, like definitely more uh, space, like where I can tell. I used to be able to tell a lot like in the, like a, a circular plane around me. Like, so if you think okay. about like, surround sound. But now I feel like I can tell whenever something is above me versus below me and then on the okay. same level as me. Like, so, so it's, the, it's that level of like detail that I feel like with the new box that I'm able to able to hear, which comes in handy in like battle royales and stuff. But so that positional audio is a little more three dimensional now. Definitely, definitely. What is it like, they remember, mess with, like the higher frequencies, and it, it it tricks you into thinking something's over you, even though it's just stereo. Yeah, it's it's that, and it's also like because they uh, so the way that they have it designed with their the Microsoft like audio three uh, D audio engine or whatever it is, it has a specific name. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but they said that like what happens is like they they uh, everybody's ears are different, but they've like modeled a, like the response of like an average kind of person's ears okay and so like the comb filtering mm-hmm. through like your you know your ear from above will be different than from below and oh. the reflections off of your shoulders are different from above than from below and so like you know depending on the width of your shoulders it may like vary in results but they try to get like the average like they've used uh they were talking a lot about um ai like uh this yeah. uh what is it something learning um machine learning uh, yeah machine learning where yeah. like the, they essentially take like plug in all of these different algorithms and all this different data from all of these different people that they've measured and yeah. that sort of thing and then it'll spit out like here's the the most accurate thing for just everybody so okay like a, a nice average yeah yeah and so it's like you know you can if you really wanted to get like super specific like you could literally like design something for yourself like with your like they take your shoulder measurements and like your head measurements and like and then you can design it to where it'll sound like exactly like what you would think um but because it's like because this is for everybody you know they can't really do each individual person um which is fascinating because on uh back in february whenever matt uh, Mark Mark Cerny Mark Cerny was talking on the PlayStation side. He was t- he literally said something similar. He was like, like maybe even in the future you can mail a picture of your ear to Sony and we'll send you back an algorithm that will like make your audio customized for you. And and everyone was like, what are you talking about, dude? And it's like this is this is what he was talking about. It was like if you take okay. certain measurements, you can potentially have like a user profile that is like super accurate as far as audio goes. That's so. interesting. I wonder how big of a difference it would, would it be very noticeable to me, like if I used the custom model audio for myself versus like the standard issue that they've, the average they've created from their machine learning. That's an interesting question because I guess it would come down to like how average is your, like are your measurements? Like how close are you to like that, that, that total like average media? Like I have a big head, like I have a gigantic head, like every hat that I put on it's like even like snapbacks i'm usually on the last snap <laughs> and it's like <laughs> even then sometimes i feel like they're too hot, t- like tight if my hair is too like long like it is right now like it'll be it'll be pretty tight on my head um so i feel like in certain aspects i'm definitely not the average um but at the same time like you know it's I'm probably pretty close as far as like the rest of the measurements go. <laughs> yeah, like me, I'm like super buff, so my shoulders are like super broad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
just like the muscle is so dense that it probably has different <laughs> different reflective properties than like oh a normal goodness. person's flabby arms, you know? It's, yeah, and you know, my jaw is so chiseled. That <laughs> yeah, it just, sound just bounces right off of it. <laughs> the jaw reflections. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> It takes a powerful sound to penetrate this jaw to like get <laughs> just to get get to the get even get up to the eardrums. Just oh my gosh! I but only anyway. listen to machine guns. <laughs> Speaking of, I've been playing Gears Five, which has a lot of machine guns. Oh yeah, and uh, that that game is gorgeous with the new consoles. Like and. Uh, I've been playing like a, the multiplayer is in 120 frames per second. I still I don't know that I could go back to less than 120 frames per second in a lot of ways. Um, so is it, then, is it optimized for uh, yeah the new Xbox? It, they optimized it like they didn't build it from the ground up because that's like a two like a two year old game. Um, I think it came out in 2017, 2018, 2018, 2018. Um, and uh, and so like it's not like built from the ground up for it. They're coming out with some DLC in december which i'm excited for it's like you know okay. another another pack and that will be built from the ground up for the the new xbox so that'll be interesting to see what that looks like in comparison um but like this has like the ray tracing this has like the 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 um the ridiculous fast load times it's funny like there are, are times in this game because it's an older game where i can tell that like oh you built you designed this around waiting in this room for a minute while it loads in the background <laughs> and then like and then it will like immediately like there was one time where it's like here i'm walking through this like gorgeous like sit like town like this this town up in the mountains or whatever and it's like oh man this is amazing and then like they have these different gates that they let you in at certain points right these checkpoints along the yeah. way and uh there was one in particular where i go in there and they're like hold on for a second while we you know check and make sure this next person is ready Oh, they're ready. And it's like, okay, <laughs> something here. Like there were, there probably should have been like 30 seconds at least. That's you like know, the, the new PlayStation. Uh, what's that game? Is it Jack and Daxter? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, what is it? I'm not yeah. sure. Like you have like dimensional rifts or something that you yes. go through. A that's their whole time, like, yeah. that's their whole like burst, like SSD. So they've got like this new SSD architecture that's, that's supposed right. to load super fast so like that game is supposed to be like the tech demo for it pretty much that's right that's right and it's like it literally i was like i was like ooh, that is that that loaded faster than than the game was designed for like clearly you know um and that's the thing i think the playstation 5 is supposed to on paper the, that hard drive is supposed to be like double the speed of uh the xbox series x that i'm on right now which i can't even imagine um, I know that they have to be optimized for it. So like if you literally just load up a game uh, that wasn't optimized for the PlayStation 5 uh, right now, the Xbox Series X actually loads it faster. So like uh, like um, okay. um, like a lot of a lot of like last gen games like where it's like, oh, this isn't playing in backwards compatibility mode on the PlayStation 5. It's like so it's a PlayStation 4 slash Xbox one game will load faster on the Xbox Series X than the PlayStation 5. But if it's literally like one of the new games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or something that is like, you know, that is uh, designed for this next gen, it yeah, it loads like a little like a decent chunk faster on the PlayStation 5, which I find super fascinating. How do you learn, like, tips about the game, though? Like, if there's no loading screens? That's a good question. I, 
there was some controversy, like quote unquote controversy. Like there was a designer from uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which we'll talk about in a minute, who mentioned that their game, they slowed down some of the loading times because of that. Because they were like, there are these tips on there that like, how else would you get the tips? And so we like, there are certain loading <laughs> screens that stay on for like five seconds longer than they should have to. And a lot of people were like, what? <laughs> what? Why would you do that? You're literally eating our lives away. <laughs> like, exactly. Because <laughs> like once you've seen all of those tips for the first time, it's like you know, on your hundredth hour of the video game or something, you're like, this, that's five seconds of my life I can get back. <laughs> Hopefully they'd make it smart enough to like say, this guy saw the tip for this many seconds already. Like, <laughs> right. Skip the right. tip. Well, and it also it's like, well, you could put those tips somewhere else. You know, maybe put yeah. them in a menu where it's like, oh, you need to know, you need some tips. Here, click here. They'll bring back Microsoft Clippy. Hey, I noticed you decapitated (laughs) that guy. Uh, You can do this as well. PlayStation Five kind of has that, like in there, like whenever you hit the like uh, the menu button or whatever, they have like in-game help where it's like, hey, do you want to know how to get this 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 thing? Like, watch this in-game help. Like the developers put in uh, guides a little bit in like video guides within within the video game, which is fascinating to me. But yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been up to this week, and we're going to talk about the Game Awards. But first, a pick of the week! Cody, what is your pick of the week this week? Uh, my pick of the week is this PC game called Children of Morta. Ooh. What is this? I believe it was developed by an Iranian development company. And... Uh, it's a roguelike game. Ooh, so you're wow. like, I think you're this like kind of Nordic family and you're fighting demons and each, you know, each family member has their own specific like fighting style and you can like play that. like co-op and I was playing like the Steam play with my buddy. So I, I, I own the game. He like remotes into my computer basically to play it, which is a cool concept. It's like local cloud gaming so you're like you're hosting the game doing all the processing there and he's just streaming to his like his pc back at wherever he's at yeah and supposedly cool. you could do it with like a tablet like anything that's pretty you awesome as long as like pad. the internet connection is good i would imagine right yeah yeah it's yeah. basically like they stream up their controller stuff to your pc and then you stream back the screen so it that's seemed awesome. to work pretty well there was some like latency there but uh yeah that game is a fun game now, as far as like a roguelike goes, what are the, uh, like, is it a complete reset every time? Or are you like kind of banking like Hades, the game Hades, like, which we'll maybe talk about a little bit later, but um, has like progress that you make each time where it's like, oh, you know, it's like a, a roguelite almost rather than like a straight up roguelike where, where you just, the only thing leveling up is your skill in a lot of roguelike games. Whereas uh, in some games you can level up like, oh, now your weapons are slightly more powerful each run. Yeah. I think maybe roguelite is probably a more accurate term for it. Makes so sense. you're, you're leveling up your characters as you go. That's awesome. And, and so... You, and you can get money, which you can use to, like, buy, like, different skills. Like, I always put my money into the make more money skill. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm like, trying to, like exponentially, like, get more money. It's like, you get 150% of the drops that you would before. And I'm like, i got to get that. But it's getting like, so expensive now. I mean, like, yeah, once you reach a certain point, like, you're just dumping all of your, like, resources into that. I feel like you're getting diminishing returns. But there's, there's no reason not to do it. <laughs> 
You're like, just more, more. <laughs> I've just become so greedy. So yeah, you play like you'll play like a set of levels, and you have to make it through that set of levels before it saves and takes you to the next set of levels. That's cool. I like and, that. It, I like that it has like checkpoint system built in a little bit there. A cool thing is like in the skill tree as you level up to encourage you to play different characters. I think as you level up each character, you like level up like a family skill. Ooh, so like each character cool. will have like something that's like, oh, if you get this guy up to this level, everybody in the family gets like this much less environmental damage or something. That's like awesome. That. Or like so everybody it feel gets as access bad whenever to, you jump back down into so like this level one character that you've been dragging along the whole way. Yeah, yeah. So you can upgrade like the entire family, but then individual characters level up and get new skills on their own. Dude, that sounds awesome. So like as far as the, the is there a story that goes along with it or like, you know, what's the what's what's the the kind of conceit of the game? Mm, that's hard to say. There is a story. I just don't pay much attention to it. There's like I'm trying to kill these mountain gods or something or I'm trying to save these mountain gods. I don't I mean, know. That sounds, like that a, sounds about right. There's like a demonic infection, and I'm trying to get it out, and I think the demonic infection's like gotten to the gods, but maybe it was caused by the gods. I'm not through it yet. I don't know the whole story. So, I feel like the gods have been lying to me, is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. That sounds like that sounds like you know the way that, that that most like gods do. Like whenever you whenever you play like anything with mythology, where there's Norse yeah. or Greek or whatever, the gods are not super trustworthy. You know, no. just in general. Um, well, awesome, dude. I uh, I'm excited. So, are you fighting like zombies? Is that kind of like, or is it like, are they like demons or like monsters or like what? So, like the the like infection is this like purple goopy demons that kind of take different forms. But then each like set of levels will have its own like world like stuff. Like right now I'm in like these desert levels. So I'm fighting like snakes and mummies and that kind of thing. You know, the classic like <laughs> super not, stereotypical like yes. hey, this is the this is the desert level. Yeah, this is these are the desert levels. You fight mummies. These are the forest levels. You fight Clearly, because every desert we've ever been to has mummies. <laughs> these are the These are the woods levels. You fight wolves and like deer every, or something every single forest <laughs> has deer and wolves pretty much i mean honestly that one's actually pretty pretty accurate <laughs> oh man well that's awesome dude i uh, i uh, i'll have to check it out is, is it available do you know if it's available for anything besides pc or is it just pc i think it's available on the nintendo switch Ooh, that's one of my favorite favorite places to play. Uh, it would be a good game for it because it's like a games. 2D top-down, like kind of pixelated, stylized, I all the it, rage dude. kind of game. Like, yeah, that's right, you know? Especially with the rogue, rogue roguelite elements, you know? I can't imagine that they wouldn't release it like on every platform, to be honest. that's a, I always feel that way about a lot of games, but even like um, Hades. It is on every so. platform. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I need to check it out. Maybe I'll check it out on Xbox or something. That sounds like a fun, fun Xbox one, or it sounds like a fun Switch one too. Because if it's pixely, I feel like Switch is the perfect place. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Switch because then okay. it seems like the perfect game to like carry around with you. Because you can get in like part of what I like is you can like get in a quick session. I dig that. Yeah, I dig that. I like that that kind of bite size. Like where you're like, oh, I have a goal here, achieve the goal, put it down for a little bit. Yeah, not that um, I don't have all the time in the world right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the you know that's the way it goes. The uh, my pick of the week this week is 
something that I watched last night. I didn't remember that it was coming out this month. I okay. thought it was coming out next month. Um, but it is the Lego Star Wars holiday or holiday special on okay. Disney Plus. And this is a sh- this is a, a holiday special where they take a like a really hilarious concept of having uh like it's similar to the original uh holiday, ho- special? holiday special yeah oh, where so it's they a have parody of that sort of like it's based on the same holiday where they they talk about it being like uh what was it like chewbacca um, day like some sort of a like they're the life holiday that holiday yeah, life, something like that's right that's right it's it's uh life life day i believe um <laughs> life day <laughs> Life Day, where they're like, oh, you know, we're celebrating the Life Day celebration. And Chewbacca's family is coming over to the Millennium Falcon. And so Poe and, uh, and, and Finn and Ray and uh, like the whole, the whole gang there, like the whole new gang of, uh, of Star Wars characters, uh, Rose and, and everybody, like all of the, the little porgs, they're all getting yeah. ready and trying to decorate this, the ship, the Millennium Falcon for life day for the uh for the Chewbacca's family coming over and obviously it's it's going horribly uh horribly wrong because it's a comedy and uh and lego the lego star wars line of of shows and things like that the ones that were on like disney and things those are hilarious to me because they're so irreverent of the like source material yeah because like the the emperor and uh and darth vader are really like vain where they're like they're clearly like still really mean and evil and stuff but they're very vain about it the emperor is vain oh yeah yeah like like in for this uh darth vader tries to give him a uh a mug that says best emperor in the galaxy or number one emperor in the galaxy and whenever he gives it he says i'm the only emperor in the galaxy he's like go get me something else you know so like sends him (laughs) off to get him something you know something else and I don't know. It's like it's it, the uh, the comedy within it is is hilarious because there's this time travel mechanic where you know you visit various aspects of the 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 whole Star Wars you know franchise, and I I love the the way that that all ties together with okay. Rose and 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 everybody like at the end like having the celebration. It all works out really well. So if you haven't watched this thing, go and watch it. It's hilarious. And especially if you're a Star Wars fan and you know a lot about the movies, there are like these like kind of under under the radar references and under the radar things that uh, that happen within there um, that you'll you'll appreciate. Um, Kylo Ren also in it, which is he's hilarious in it as okay. well because he's the ultimate. Uh, like similar to how he was in the movie, the ultimate like fanboy of uh, like, of the of Darth Vader and the Emperor. Okay, and so he kind of you know he gets to meet his heroes at one point, and it's a it's a hilarious hilarious exchange. So Kylo Ren was like one of the things I really enjoyed about the the new trilogy. There are a lot of things that I enjoyed about it. I I, I actually like the more I get separated from it, and the more I honestly whenever I've rewatched them after the fact, I'm always like ah. Yeah, they're okay. They're good. You know, I wish I, there are certain things where I wish they w- weren't quite so similar to what we'd had before. Um, which, like, I guess earlier this week, I was reading an article about uh, what potentially George Lucas had planned for the the seven, eight, and nine trilogy, like, and had treatments for and gave oh, to yeah. Disney. And all of that was super fascinating. I was like, man, in in another another universe. We could have ended up with this uh, this cool, you know, George Lucas story, and I, you know, it's not like I 
dislike what we have, but it's like, I'm also like, man, this, it's just a fascinating look at what, what, how could these have been drastically different than what came before? Was it the one where like Leia is actually the chosen one or something like that? Yeah. Where like they, uh, Leia is the main character and you know, she's trying to rebuild all of this, uh, the, the, essentially it's a lot of what we're visiting in Mandalorian, uh, kind of on the, on the fringes, obviously in Mandalorian, but it was kind of at the heart of, you know, Leia's rebuilding the new Republic and trying to, you know, get all of these different forces as well as like eliminate the other stormtroopers because the stormtroopers don't just stop being stormtroopers. They go off and join other forces. And yeah, so it's just a a fascinating, you know, fascinating look at what that, what the, what could have been. And then, but this obviously like just uses these, these fun elements and I could have watched another one of these. Like I kind of hope they do another Lego uh, Star Wars holiday special next year because I yeah. could have watched another one. Like it was, it's it's that hilarious to me. It was that fun of a uh, of a of a show. It wasn't super long. Like it's you know maybe ninety minutes long or forty five minutes long or something like that. It's really not not a long thing at all. But uh, but it was it was a blast to watch. Are the voices the original actors? No. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like, did they get get Adam Man, to do Ray the the voice actor for Ray like sort of halfway fooled me a couple of times like okay. initially whenever she first speaks i was like wait a second did they and then she speaks again and i'm like nah they didn't you know but uh there are a couple of characters that are from like um the clone wars uh television series and so they got a lot some of those voice actors back okay and i thought that was that's a fun one so um where like the voice of like obi-wan from the clone wars shows like he it's the i think it's the same voice for obi-wan in this so they really couldn't just get some of the Star Wars actors. Like, what are they? <laughs> I mean, they probably could have, but this is also—I don't know how much their budget was for it. So, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I also like again, like the Lego Star Wars stuff that they have, uh, like the Freemaker Adventures and stuff like that. Those are all very fun uh, shows that I enjoy. But your pick of the week was Children of Morta. And my pick of the week is Lego Star Wars Holiday Special on Disney+. Plus. All right, Cody. It's time to talk about the Game Awards. I want everybody to know that John just zoomed in his video just, just to say that. <laughs> I, th- I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you miss out on a lot of the like theatrical things that John's doing to like hype things up. The dramatic effect, of course. Yeah, of course. Anytime there's like theme music that you hear, he's actually like mouthing it and like beating on things and yeah, like I, I immediately like pick up like guitars and things, you know. <laughs> it's, Just <laughs> it's kind of intimidating how much energy this guy has. If I, I'm I, being honest, though, Cody, there was one time early on in the uh, the old pandemic, you know, in what feels like it was years ago at this point, but was actually probably only like a couple of months ago. You you were on this very podcast and played guitar. Mm-hmm. uh for our transitions and it was like that was that is literally like the most glorious uh of outros especially that we've ever had on this podcast so oh that's that's pathetic but uh you know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's actually real sad john no it was it, it seriously was amazing so oh thank you um, so the way I'm going to do this with the Game Awards, we've got we, I'm going to use the, their like rundown like on their their own website or whatever. Okay. Um, and so we're going to start at the top. So we're going to start with the big ones and probably go to kind of the more obscure ones later on. But uh, but what we'll do is they have they have the title, they have description, and then I'll kind of you know they have the the different nominees and things. Um, so diving right in, Cody. 
Game okay. of the year. This means that the recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. So literally everything. This is the big one. Okay. So the nominees are Doom Eternal. Okay. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh. Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Hades. Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. And these games are games that we'll see like recurring throughout this. Like these are are clearly like the favorite, I guess, games of a lot of the nominees. Um, okay. It surprised me that that Doom uh, or that Hades is in here. Um, I I love that game a lot. Like it's it's amazing. Um, I gotta try it. People are talking about it. You're talking about like a rogue light that like has a level of progression and things like that. That game was amazing. I, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Whenever I finally beat the final boss it seemed like it opened up everything. Like I was able to customize so many different things to be able to get easier and easier. So like you're supposed to, in order to get the full story, beat it multiple times. Okay. And it becomes like after you've beat it the first time, it really just kind of becomes whatever you make of it. You can kind of make it easy for yourself by leveling up your weapons, or you can make it hard for yourself by like making the enemies tougher and getting bigger rewards based on that. But if you're just oh. in it for the story, there's also like a God mode uh, is what they call it, where every, run no matter what happens you get two percent more powerful and the enemies do uh two percent like less damage and so you will be like you're for sure to beat it and you can toggle that on and off at any time with no penalties which i thought was a really cool way to to handle that game okay um but yeah so like those are the games i uh, i was surprised to see that with this indie one I, i'm always happy whenever there's like an indie game in the uh in the game of the year yeah. and super giant games the developer behind that game like they did bastion and like they've been one of my uh, uh like a standout developer in my mind for a long time so happy to see that on there um the next category is best game direction awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation okay. in game direction and design final fantasy 7 remake Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex is in this one. Okay. Uh, and Last of Us Part Two. Um, I'm surprised that Half-Life Alex wasn't in the game of the year, uh, but is in game direction. Um, I heard something about that because it's just like not a lot of people got to play it is really mm, the thing. So That would make sense. Because like you have to have you know, a pretty considerable VR rig to play it, you know? That's right, and there's the the like cost of entry is is very high on that because it's not just on everything like it's not on PSVR or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's only on Steam on PC. That's it. That's wild. That's wild. Um, next category is best narrative. Uh, Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is interesting to have Final Fantasy VII Remake in here because the narrative wouldn't it be the same as the narrative for Final Fantasy VII, you know, years and years ago? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they added to it. Like, I really want to get this game. That's true. My they internet was so slow. Lot, it's like right? 100 gigs. Yeah, like it's like basically like the first act. Yeah, of over the, a 40 hour game, which yeah. is fascinating. So it's like they did the Hobbit and just blew it up, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> hopefully I, they didn't just do the Hobbit. Yeah, no, no offense. To the, well, I guess offense to the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah all, as much offense as is necessary to the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they didn't do that. So I didn't mean to bring no offense to Final Fantasy seven. 
There, there you go. Remake. There you go. Um, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is also in Best Narrative. Hades, Best Narrative, and Last of Us Part Two. So literally, like the, some of the same games like showing up in in the the big categories. Um, next category is Best Art Direction okay. for Outstanding Creative and or Technical Achievement in Artistic Design and Animation. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> Hades. What? New. There's a new one here. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, it's like uh, the sequel to the original Ori game. That's right, and it is gorgeous. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy it is nominated in Best Art Direction because, dude, the art in that game is is gorgeous. Okay. Uh, and then Last of Us Part Two. So li- literally, it's the same ones except for uh, Ori. Um, and then Best Score and Music, Doom Eternal, which has like that heavy metal soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Hades, which has an amazing soundtrack. Of all of the ones that I want Hades to win, I really want them to win music because uh, Darren Korb has done an incredible job on the music in Hades. And like with his soundtracks in the past, like I feel like this is probably the the best one. Like the the one that I look at and I'm like, you really nailed it on that one. Um, or in the Will of the Wisps. And Last of Us Part Two. Let me go ahead and and, and say who they were composed by, because like before it was just like, hey, the developer is nominated, but this is a specific person in, in yeah. many cases. So Doom Eternal is composed by Mick Gordon. Final Fantasy VII Remake is composed by Nobed uh, Nobu Yamatsu. Yep, Nobu Yamatsu. I love that guy. I I just wanted to I want to interrupt and rant because I love go the music it. from the original Final Fantasy VII. I love that composer. Uh, Do- why I haven't got, you played the, the remake? Oh, man. Because I was going to say, like, my internet was too slow to download mm-hmm. it. It was like 100 gigs, I think. So that, I'm like... That does make sense. So And also, like, I'm scared to get it because I'm afraid it's going to come out on PC and then the other parts are going to come out. So I'm like, I don't really want to get a PS5. Yep. Yep. Because, like, yeah, because they are, they are planning on coming out with, like, wh- however many episodes after this that it'll have to be, you know? And if your save stuff transfers over... Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. and then you don't I, want to get it stuck on like one platform and then and, and then have yeah. to buy a ps5 because I'll, I'll be dissatisfied with the ps4 version if it is even a thing sure sure so, so. that all makes sense it, 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 it's becoming clearer why you haven't played this game uh the other composers on that are uh masashi hamatsu okay and mitsudo suzuki uh hades as i said composed by darren korb or mm-hmm. in the Will of the Wisp, composed by uh, Gareth Coker, and Last of Us Part Two, composed by Gustavo um, San- Santeo Lala. Uh, additional music by Mac Quayle. And if I do mispronounce some of these names, I, I very much apologize. Uh, so I'm, you know, just just trying trying the best. Noble um, is at home and he's listening and he's angry. He's like he's like just threw through his iPod, you know. <laughs> I actually don't know if I pronounced his name right either. I, see, the thing is, at least you say it with confidence, you know. Yeah, you could say anything wrong with confidence, and you'll go far. Yeah, it'll it'll be you know it'll be at least at least be like well yeah you know he's like maybe he, that he is my best. name that is my name now I guess. <laughs> yeah, if you squint at it, that's my name. Yeah. Um, do the, uh, the next, next category is best audio design, uh, All recognizing right. the best in-game audio and sound design. So the best explosions and sound effects and things, uh, doom eternal half-life Alex, which I would imagine is probably pretty amazing. Uh, ghost of Tsushima resident evil three, which I know is amazing. And last of us part two. 
Did any other games like come out last year? <laughs> like, I mean, I, did, I when don't did know. Red Dead come out? Red Dead, everybody loved that one. When did it come out? That came out the year before, so that oh, won a okay. lot of things. Um, like that so, it was in every category last. Okay, it definitely was. I know that, like you know, a lot of people didn't attach to Red Dead Two because like it was just a slower kind of a, of a game, and so they didn't necessarily. Um, like it didn't necessarily do as much as like it could have, but uh, or as a lot of people maybe would have anticipated that it would, but it you know, it did really well. It got nominated for a lot of things. Okay. Best performance. So this is uh, like literally this is like the equivalent of like best actor. Um, so best performance awarded for an individual or to an individual for voice acting, uh, motion and or performance capture. Ashley Johnson as Ellie in Last of Us Part Two, Laura Bailey as Abby in Last of Us Part Two, uh, Desuke Suji as Jin Sakai in Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades, and Naji Jeter as Miles Morales in Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, next category is Games for Impact. And uh, this category is always interesting because it's like not like they aren't necessarily the biggest games, but they are are some of my favorite games have come out of or have ended up in this category in years past. Um, Games for impact for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message. uh, If found by the developer Dream Feel, Kentucky Route Zero TV edition by Cardboard Computer. Spiritfarer by Thunder Lotus Games, which is uh, Spiritfarer. I've played that one. It's it's really good. I uh, really okay. enjoy that one. Haven't finished it, but it's uh, because it was very sad, and it was at a time where I didn't necessarily want to be very sad. But it is a very like poignant, and the story is really good, and uh, and I like the gameplay in it. Um, Tell Me Why. Uh, this is by Don't Nod Entertainment and Xbox Game Studios. Uh, and Through the Darkest of Times by Paint Bucket Games. Um, I also have Tell Me Why on my... My um, my list to play. Um, so there's what there's is that, that about? Um, it's about like so. Uh, apparently there is you know there's these these siblings and apparently like the mother at one point tried to kill the son and like you're trying to figure out why at one point like you're looking back in the past and uh, there's a lot of like it's you know storytelling mechanics with that. Um, so I'm very okay. excited to dive in and see exactly what's going on with uh, with all of that. These games all sound like emo song titles to me. I mean, and, and in many ways, like so, there, like that's what the this category a lot of times is a, is is like about. Where I'm like, man, these are games that like end up meaning a lot after I've played them. Like a lot of times, they're shorter experiences um, where you end up, you know, thinking about things afterwards. You're like, oh man, that's thought provoking, or like I, that that that's emotional. I'd say Firewatch would be like. Have you played that one? Dude, Firewatch is so good. I, I really enjoyed Firewatch. Would that be a good example of this category? That would be a good example. Celeste would be another good example of this category. Um, and then uh, let me think. What is another one? Have you played Florence on cell phone, like on your uh, mobile? No, Florence. Flo- Florence. <laughs> Florence. Uh, oh, I thought you said Schlorence. <laughs> I'm like, that is an awesome name for a game. Schlorence. That is an awesome name for a game, and we should make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but Florence was also uh, in this category and uh and that's a, that's another one of my favorite experiences. I played that one on a plane um and it like goes through uh, the story to, of of like a relationship of people meeting and then subsequently like 
what happens with that relationship over time. And uh, so like a lot of the gameplay is like, hey, you know, you've got to, you know, a, like this person's things and this person's things and they're moving in together. So you have to like figure out a way. What are you going to throw away? You've only got so much shelf space. And so like you're combining these things in these ways. And so a lot of the mechanics are puzzles like that, which is uh, which was was fun to like experience a story through that. Uh, so this medium. is like video games is art category. Exactly. Like high exactly. art. Okay. Right. Where it's not like, oh, these, the, have, these have a, a, a something something to tell you, you know? Not that the other games aren't art, but this is more lofty, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like whenever you get into like, you know, these are the, the, the kind of Oscar films versus kind of the blockbusters, that sort of thing. Um, so we've got the next category is best ongoing. So this is awarded to a video game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So this is games as a service. That's cool. Um, so we're looking at the apex legends destiny two, which has been nominated so many times, uh, in this category because it's, you know, continuously putting out solid content, call of duty, Warzone, uh, Fortnite been also been nominated so many times no man's sky oh, and yeah. uh i mean honestly any of those i could see pulling it out because they've been fantastic this year i've heard so much about no man's sky that was like a laughing stock when it came out that's right and, and they like they stuck with it and they're like making updates and and finally like the, this version uh they, they've actually updated it for the xbox series x i have it downloaded but i haven't haven't dove in yet so they've got a vr version apparently now so dude that game i feel like would be amazing in vr just explore space. Ooh, so cool. Uh, best indie is the next category uh, for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Uh, so Carrion by Phobia Game Studio. That and game looks Digital. cool. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> You're game, good, dude. I watched like some streams of that game when it came out. I think it was like top on Steam for a little bit, and I'm like, it looks so cool. You're like this alien that's infesting a ship. And you're like this roving mass of like organic matter that like sticks to walls and shoots. And it's all in that like stylized 2D art style. But that's awesome. I didn't. Sorry to rant about it. No, but it, it, looks, it. it looks so cool. Like you're the you're the alien and you're killing all the soldiers in like the medical facility or something. And yeah, I think I, I heard somebody refer to it. And I liked I liked the terminology of like a reverse horror game. <laughs> that that makes sense. Yeah, because you're the you're the monster. Right, you're like the blob in in the blob. And like the save, like how you save, it looked like you like planted some of your organic matter there. That's amazing. That's so like, that's really it's funny. like I you're like that. it's like you're spawning like little <laughs> versions of you. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, the next uh, next one for best indie is Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Uh, I got by that Me- one. Mediatonic and Devolver. How is it? Have you played it? Yeah, it's it's pretty fun, but I haven't played it a ton. Like I. I, I feel like it's like one of those kind of meme games that catches on for a while. It is fun, but it's like basically like Mario Party-esque games. And they're like really physics-driven. Hmm. So like your guy like is wobbly and things hit him and he falls over. And there's just like a That's mass. Right. So a lot of it's like predicting where the mass of people is going to go and how to avoid them. And It's interesting. Like, like this one, as far as Fall Guys goes, I, I, I like that it is... Um, like I like what it's doing, where it's like, oh, it's a different take on a battle royale type of a game. Yeah, um, it, it is cool. It's a cool concept. I also like uh, the Steven Spawn, who runs Able Gamers, um, the the charity, and where they you know create a bunch of accessible uh, gear for um, gamers um, who need accessible 
controllers and things like that. Um, he has won a few of the, like I've, I've watched like streams of him playing uh, Fall Guys with uh, his, uh, like a headset. It's a hat that whenever he like nods, like he can lean his head and it will like uh, control the character and he'll, he'll like nod his head for like a jump and stuff like that. And okay. he's like won with with his accessible controller. And I I've, I always have enjoyed watching those clips of, uh, of, of him winning Fall Guys, climbing that final mountain and making the jump and like finally ending up on top, that sort of thing. So... Uh, some of those adaptive controllers are awesome. Yeah, Microsoft has a, has a really good one, and then there's like whenever they custom make them for like each individual. Obviously, that is a you know that's the the dream scenario there. Um, the next one on the list for best indie is Hades. So it's not like we haven't seen that one before for, for by Super Giant Games. I guess I gotta buy this game now. It's it's a good one, man. I I very much have enjoyed my time with I it. I think it's like uh, twenty bucks. It's, it's not, it it's not very expensive. I think it's like twenty five and maybe twenty on sale or something like that. So yeah. Spelunky 2 uh, by Mossmouth LLC and Spiritfarer by Thunder Lotus Games. Spiritfarer, again, Spiritfarer is also really good. It's just, uh, again, it was a, it's a very kind of sad game, and I was not in the mood for a sad game at the time. Um, best mobile game, which is where a tease from way earlier in the episode we can talk about. Uh, Among Us is, in, is nominated for the best mobile game. This is a, for the dev- best game playable on a mobile device. Um, okay. So Among Us by Inner Sloth. And that one is like originally came out in 2018. So it's fascinating for it to be on <laughs> this year's uh, Game Awards to me. Oh, yeah. Because it recently I mean, I, just gained like all this notoriety out of nowhere, right? Like, yeah, like I guess like I, I didn't know it existed before this year. And uh, and a lot of people just didn't didn't even know it existed. And then all of a sudden, you know, with everybody being at home, it was an easy way for people to play and it's on mobile. So everybody has a mobile device. So easy way to connect over distances. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just like blew up. So I kind of feel like that one will probably win. And uh, I don't I don't wouldn't blame it. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile is also nominated. Uh, that's by Activision and okay. uh, Genshin Impact, which was uh, apparently like a, a big game in uh, other regions. Like uh, I think it's uh, developed in, by a Chinese developer. It is uh, by Mikoyo. And I it's, it's that one. I think it's free to play. That's and, right. And it looks a lot like Breath of the Wild, but I heard it's actually very good. It's not just like a knockoff. Right, like they have different like elemental kind of uh, powers, and you get different characters. Where the uh, where the f- the free to playness comes in is you can pay for other characters, but you don't have uh, to. I know that like a lot of the reviews like said, yeah, we went into this review without we didn't want to spend any money, and so they didn't spend any money. And they're like, it's still really good. Like so, you can like, go in and not not pay anything. Is it like a narrative driven game, or is it like an MMO? I wasn't clear on that. It's more like a, a uh, an MMO kind of RPG type of a situation, like where you go in and it's like, oh, well, I have I have these four characters that I can kind of switch between, which are your different like elements, like fire or electricity, okay. or and you can combine them in different ways. Uh, you can f- switch on the fly as well, so it's like you can light something on fire and then immediately switch over to another character and like a water character and then put all the fire out or whatever. So you can kind of come up with these cool combinations of of uh, elements. Hmm. Uh, the one I haven't heard about is uh, Legends of Runeterra by Riot Games. Okay. And then there is Pokemon Cafe Mix by Genius uh, Sonority. So 
those last two, like I haven't played either of those. Uh, obviously, Pokemon, like the name recognition on that one. But I truly really do think that uh, uh, Among Us will win, and I, I kind of hope it does. So Riot makes uh, League of Legends, correct? They do, in fact. Uh, let me see. We're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna move a little bit quicker through some of these other ones because, like, we'll get to. Uh, you know, this is the best community support. So, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates and patches. We have Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Fallout or Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. Um, so a lot of those will be like those are you know similar to whenever they were in the uh, ongoing games. Best yeah, that's pretty games. similar. Except Valorant made an appearance in this one. That's right. That's, that's we, also Riot Games, right? It's like their their kind of like Overwatch or Fortnite kind of style game. That's right. That's right. Apex Legends, uh, hero shooter, or whatever yeah. you would want to call it. Um, best VR slash AR game, which is uh, which which this one is you know interesting. We've got Dreams. Um, Half-Life Alex. Okay. That's right. That's, it's Media Molecule and SIE, so Sony Interactive. Um, and then Half-Life Alex by Valve. Uh, Spy, or Marvel's Iron Man VR. Okay. And Star Wars Squadrons, which I was surprised to see in here. Because, like, that's a game, it truly does feel like it was designed for AR. And that they just kind of ported it to consoles uh, outside of the VR kind of thing. But at the same time, I didn't play it in VR. But I've played that game. I gotta get it still. It, it's it's I've really got, fun. I've got VR. I need to I need to try that out. How is it like does it compare with like the old Rogue Squadron games? Or is it like infinitely more complex? It's not it's not very complex. Like I think that it, it does compare. It's first person, so like you're in the cockpit. Okay. Rather than some of the like a lot of the other ones, like you were in third person. So like That's true. some of the some of the things feel a little bit different, like from a speed perspective. Um and perception of like what's around you, that sort of thing. It's because you're inside of the cockpit and don't have this like super wide view. It's a little bit different, but I still like super enjoyed it. Um, and then we have the walking dead saints and sinners. Uh, oh, I just got Sky that. Dance. Is it good? I haven't played it yet. I've Ooh. been playing, I've been playing phasmophobia. It's in the, um, it's in the humble bundle for VR. Nice. nice. So you can get it for like, that and a bunch of other VR games for like half the price that you would pay for Saints and Sinners. That's awesome. So that's I got awesome. This, I got this load of games and uh, I haven't played them. That's the way Humble Bundle always works. I end up buying them and then I end up playing like two and I'm like, oh, I got my money's worth. And then the other ones just kind of like sit there or whatever. Um, they just languish. That's how it goes. Uh, <laughs> the next category is innovation in accessibility, recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay. We have Grounded. We have, which is by, let me see, Assassin's Creed Valhalla by Ubisoft. Uh, Grounded is by Obsidian Entertainment. Hyperdot by th uh, Tribe Games. Last of Us Part Two by Naughty Dog, which I heard has like super good accessibility uh, stuff uh, inside there, uh, and Watch Dogs Legion by Ubisoft Toronto. I heard Among Us is adding some accessibility for the colorblind. Yes, that because would that, be a problem. That game is like literally impossible to play if. if your certain types of colorblind. Yeah, like some of the, the the like puzzles are connect these like red wires to the red thing, and you're like, well, I if I 
can't see, you know, see the difference between red or whatever the background is. It's like, I don't know what, what we're talking about here. Yeah. That's a, that's a big issue. A lot of people are colorblind and, uh, like as a software developer, we kind of have to watch out for that stuff. That's right. It's interesting, like to have like a colorblind mode, and it's like always, always like uh, I, I kind of like look for those some of those options myself as well, because like you know sometimes things will help me, like larger text or like whatever, where it's like oh man, if I'm sitting you know far back on my TV, I, like I would rather have larger text. Um, so like accessibility options are actually like really good for everyone, not just uh, people who necessarily like require them to play, but they make it more comfortable for literally everyone to play. Yeah, they should. Yeah. Uh, uh, best action for the best game in the action genre, primarily focused on combat. Uh, we've got Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, which is a new one, um, and Streets of Rage 4, which, dude, Streets of Rage 4 was is really fun. Um, oh, yeah. We reviewed that on the podcast here, and uh, and it, it's, it's a blast to play. I'm going to have to get that. Best action slash adventure game for the best action adventure game combining puzzle and traversal and puzzle solving or and combat. Um, no, I said puzzle twice. It's not written twice. That was that was my error. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I'm surprised to see that on here because that came out in December last year. Um, so that missed it just like missed the cutoff for last year's awards and made this cutoff for this one. Uh, and then Last of Us Part Two. Hmm. Uh, best role playing for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact. Uh, Persona 5 Royale, which is a re-release of a game that came out a couple years ago, so I'm surprised to see that on here as well. Yeah. Uh, Waste, Wasteland 3 uh, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm never sure how I feel about like the things that are like, oh, this is like we've added some DLC and wrapped it all in one one package and re-released it. I, and seeing that again come up as like best RPG or whatever, it's it, it's always just interesting to me. Yeah, that's like the best of Billy Joel like winning album of the year or something. <laughs> Yes, because you're like clearly this is the best album that came out this year, but all of this was pretty much out before. Yeah, like like I very, love, very I love Billy Joel, things. but I've had access to this in previous years, right? <laughs> in different forms. <laughs> uh, best fighting for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. Okay. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy versus uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, which is another okay. Ultimate Edition. Um, uh, Street Fighter Five Champion Edition. That's another. Uh, Yep, One exactly. <laughs> One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, and Undernight in Birth XE colon late in brackets CL dash R in bracket. I have no idea. Like, what is that title? <laughs> Undernight. I feel like this one might be another like re release. I feel like I've heard of this one. It's some kind of like anime looking. Definitely is. Deal. I definitely see the 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 art at the there it looks it like, looks kind of anime. Feel like you make anime girls fight or something. I mean that that kind of like uh, that also might check out with the uh, with the uh, the art that I'm uh, the key art that I'm looking at right here. Uh, the next category is best family game uh, for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Uh, Animal Crossing's New Horizons. Uh, we got Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, 
Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. So that would be the is that the Home Circuit? That's the that's the that's remote the, controlled one. That's right. That's super weird that it would be in any category. I, I mean, I don't, right. I haven't played it yet, but like, that just seems like an odd choice. It's more of <laughs> it seems it seems like more of a toy than a video game. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's that AR situation where you're like, how we're blending what is real and what's actually a video game. That's fascinating to me. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons and Mar- uh, Paper Mario: The Origami King. So obviously, Nintendo is uh, is dominating this this uh, category like always. Um, we've got Best Sim Strategy, Crusader Kings Three, Desperados Three, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator. And XCOM Chimera Squad, which I believe is like a, a re-release as well, like something of a release that with an extra difficulty level and stuff. Have you ever played um, any of those Desperados games? I have not. Are they good? I played like part of one, and it seemed like really, really like it's kind of intense, like intense strategy. Like you're setting up your different cowboys in different areas, and yeah, dude, and like there, it's like turn-based. So like you move your guy. It's like a like strategy it. like a chess like kind of game and i mean they that's each the have kind like, of game, like i i love type games like fire emblem like i love fire yeah. emblem like those types of games it's fascinating to see this category have both a game like that and microsoft flight simulator in there yeah that is a weird combination like how do you compare those like how do you go oh this is the uh, clearly the better you know uh sim game i want to try strategy. i want to try microsoft flight simulator that's another vr game optionally and it streams live data from like microsoft's like geo kind of servers i guess it's i'm not sure where they're sourcing like their satellite imagery maybe it's google maps but yeah you can fly over like actual places in the world they have like terabytes and terabytes because you can't really download it because it's too much information (laughs) Yeah, it's just like you'd be like, this would this would make your hard drive full instantly. So you've got to have an internet connection to like stream or download part of the world where you can Doesn't see it have this live weather data as well. Like if it's raining in a specific spot, like it's raining there on the game. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, to be honest. But I have no idea. Man, I mean, I, f- I feel like that game in particular is just a feat of technology, and uh, and I, I haven't played it. I would love to l- love to play that game. I imagine like the buildings and stuff. Like, have you gone on the Google Maps and put it in like three D view, and they kind yes. of they estimate like from the how satellite tall? data, yeah, like how tall and like they kind of build like three D models of like some of the buildings. Like they just yep estimate it it's so amazing i it's it's fascinating to like zoom into that level and like then then you go to like to the street view and oh man the uh the f- funny thing to me about the, like this category is that it's like it's just at its core it seems like best turn time or turn-based simulation or strategy so like you're, you're literally like it's a simulation game or a strategy game so like tractor simulator or like farming simulator could be in here with gears tactics and that just seems like it's just such a such like these are apples and oranges kind of a thing i feel like we just yeah. break this out into two categories yeah, it should make a be simulation two. category make a strategy category and if there's not enough to fill up those categories on every year like that's fine we're simulating space commandos or <laughs> yeah, european exactly. truck driving like, We're simulating this giant fake monster, you know, that you're fighting. Yeah. 
Um, the next category is best sports slash racing game, which I feel like also like th- that fits though, like as a racing versus like FIFA. So we've got in this category, it's for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. We've got dirt five, uh, racing game in there. We've got F1 2020 in there. We've got FIFA 21 in there. We've got, uh, NBA 2k 21 and Tony Hawk pro skater one and two in there. I feel like all of those are fairly comparable though. Like within, within that genre, I feel like you could put Tony Hawk in the simulation <laughs> category. You could. Why couldn't you? <laughs> those are, it's such general, like aren't most game simulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean like, yeah, I mean even like if there's just bad simulations, like yeah. a lot of, you know, if it's, if you're trying to simulate some sort of real physics, I feel like it's a simulation. I'm simulating a fat plumber that rides a dinosaur. That's what I'm simulating. That jumps through brick walls. That jumps through bricks, brick walls and swims into pipes <laughs> and can breathe underwater for like five minutes at a time. <laughs> I mean, what what was it uh, on the set of Avatar? Like apparently the actor or the, the new, whatever the future avatars are, those actors are like having to do underwater sequences that are like seven minutes long or something. So, Oh uh, yeah. Some, some ridiculous length of time underwater. Wait, the actors um, are underwater. Yeah. The actors like James what? Cameron, like I forgot who it was. Somebody was, she was like, she was like, yeah, she's like, I spent like seven minutes and 14 seconds underwater. Do they have shot. breathing apparatus? Like, no, like what is, free diving. So is James Cameron like sitting in his little Titanic era submarine? Like, <laughs> I think that they have like literally like scuba divers and scuba scuba gear down there with cameras to uh, and he's, to, to pick it all up. He's like watching. He's torturing these actors underwater from his little submarine, like a little robotnik dude, and like <laughs> it does sound really absurd. <laughs> so, and they can like three D model like half of Avatar is like the three D like the CGI and stuff. And they're still putting people underwater. Like <laughs> yeah, they're like, get in the water. The, uh, the funny thing like that I, I, I love about James Cameron is he's, he's such a, like he's such a unique filmmaker in that. Like whenever he saw Aquaman, right? Yeah. And somebody asked him what he thought of Aquaman. And he was like, well, obviously the, the underwater sequences are completely irre- uh, like unrealistic. and he's like what what aquaman just thinks and it propels him forward that's not how it works underwater (laughs) (laughs) james cameron knows all about the water since titanic (laughs) i mean for real like you know if there's somebody who's going to be like commenting on like we need this to be the most realistic underwater i feel like he's he's the only like director where i'd be like all right fine didn't we'll he like dis- discover new stuff about the Titanic wreckage when oh, he's yeah. down there in his sub? And like, I feel yeah. like they probably like invented new technologies for underwater exploration. Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent, he did. And like, there has been other things like that he's done, like with uh, with like cleaning up the ocean, like oil spills and things like that, where yeah. he's like helped, like helped, you know, with oceanography in a lot of ways, like that, where it's you know. <laughs> You know, whenever he wasn't filming or whatever, he's like, "Oh, I actually know a lot about a lot about underwater." So the, let's, uh, I'll help. The movie is just secondary; it's just funding his like underwater adventures. <laughs> I mean, in in a lot of ways, I feel like maybe you know, may, you know, why? <laughs> maybe it he to, is. It happened to be like a hit movie. He's like, ah, whatever, some schlocky like plot, whatever. I mean, that's how I always feel about like Tom Cruise and the Mission Impossible movies is like that he is, uh, approaches somebody and goes, so I want to fly a helicopter. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, let's get you in a helicopter in this uh, this one. 
I feel like action movies are just like a vehicle. Like the plot is barely like it's barely held together like action scenes. It's just there to glue together like have you watched James Bond? Like any James Bond movie? <laughs> yes. This is a thing like I'm always thinking about. I'm like I watch him and I'm like am I stupid? Cuz I don't really understand what's going on. It just seems like they kind of like he meets up with the villain and they throw like metaphors at each other. And I'm like, am I, am I decode? Am I supposed to be decoding what's going on? Like, is there a satellite that's like got everybody's Facebook data or something? What is Spectre? And then like it, they're just fighting on a train, and I'm, like, <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm into this fight. <laughs> Go James Bond. <laughs> all right, and, Go and Jimmy. Now he's feeding somebody to like a lizard, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, I'm not sure. I'm I'm into this anymore. They're, they're, <laughs> they're in mexico flying a helicopter and i'm like it's halloween or day of the dead and i'm like how did i get here why am i here (laughs) and i'm like what does this got to do with that satellite they've been talking about (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i think what we need to do is whenever whenever no time to die or whatever it is comes finally does come out we need to have you have you review it with us (laughs) i don't know truly they could have plots and i'm just i just feel real (laughs) dumb when i watch them like (laughs) The funny thing is, like, I felt that way with, uh, so there's Casino Royale. What was the next one? There was, like, the the next one was, like, a direct Quant- Quantum of Solace? Was that That's right. And and literally that one, I didn't realize at the time that it was literally, like, a direct sequel to, to like, uh, Casino Royale. So, like, I hadn't watched Casino Royale since that one had come out. And so, like, I had no what? idea what was going on the first time I watched Quantum of Solace or whatever it was called. I am just now realizing this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're, like, they're, like, go right back to back with each other. So, anyway, uh, back to the Game Awards. Best multiplayer game. We're, we're getting close to the end here, but it, best multiplayer game for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay. Is it, it going to be Hades and... <laughs> no, Hades doesn't have multiplayer, but we will have some familiar faces in here, and then we will have you know a couple new ones. Okay. Uh, but for, for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experience, irrespective of game, genre, or platform. Uh, we have Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Okay. Among Us. Um, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. So, you know, actually there were no new faces in there. It's just there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, a couple of them have only been nominated like once or twice. All right. Um, we have Content Creator of the Year. So this is for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2020. Uh, we have Alana Pierce, uh, J.N. Lopez. We have uh, Nick Merricks, we have Tim the Tatman, and Valkyrie, or Valkyrie, there we go. Um, and uh, the only one I know anything about is Alana Pierce, and she, she's pretty cool, so I'm sure these other, other people are also cool. This is um, making me feel like the world's oldest man. I'm like, who are these people? It's, that, that feel, I feel like that happens a lot of times, and you know, sometimes like uh, in this category, or like whatever it used to be called, like... Uh, there have been some people that have won, and then literally, like later on, you're like, "Oh man, that person's actually kind of a, a, a not like a terrible person, like so, a Nazi or something." <laughs> yeah, you know, where you're like, you know, then maybe uh, maybe we should have thought twice before uh, before having the people. But again, like the only one I know anything about on this one, Alana Pierce, she's great. So, um, and you know, I think uh, uh, 
let me think, Greg Miller, who we met actually whenever he was in Nashville a few years ago, uh, won um, back uh, a few years ago as well. And, you know, he's, oh, okay. he's great as well. Um, we have the last... The last non-esports one, which I'm not going to cover the esports one because I, I don't know anything about esports. Um, okay. And so yeah, people can look up the esports stuff if they want to, um, that sort of thing. But No, they can't. You're not allowed. <laughs> You're not allowed. This is your only source for information. That's right. You can't go on the internet. You can't Google anything yourself. Uh, but the last uh, category is best debut game for the best debut game created by a new independent studio. And okay. we have Carrion... So that was their first game, man. That blows oh. my mind. It looks so well. It looks beautiful, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's disgusting, but beautiful. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's, I think that's a, that's a pretty good like explanation of a, of, of a lot of art. You know, it's disgusting, but beautiful. Like H.R. Uh, Geiger. That's right. That's right. Where you're like, ooh, I, like, I, can't, I, I can't look away, but I want to look away. Yeah. Um, we have Mortal Shell, uh, and this is by Cold Symmetry and Play Stack. Uh, Carrion again was by Phobia Game Studio and Devolver Digital. Um, we have R- Raji, an ancient epic, which looks gorgeous. Uh, Nodding head ga- heads games. Um, we have Roki by Polygon Treehouse, which also looks like a kind of a cell shaded kind of a look to it. Uh, and then Phasmophobia by Kinetic Games in best debut game. Oh. So obviously we're rooting for Phasmophobia for that. Yeah, I don't know if I am because I have such a beef with like, <laughs> I have such a beef with the UI, and I'm like, I'm not sure if the game is poorly made or I'm bad at playing it. Like, I feel like it's a combo of it, but it's still fun. It's, I mean, but that's the that's the most important thing. Like, that's the other thing. Like with games in general, games as a genre, I feel like that you can. It's one of the only genres of of art that you can kind of get away with a little bit as long as it's like fun as long as you're like doing something specific um it's uh you can get away with it so hmm. whereas like a book if there's a bunch of typos in a book but it's like a good story or whatever i feel like i'd check out i'd be like nah you can't you know we can't we can't have this just do you spell check come on i don't um, know I but don't if there's know. a bunch of like small bugs in a game that like but it adds up to it being a ridiculous amount of fun i don't Pe- know I people feel like, like punk off the hook people like punk music I mean, punk music though is is good. I like punk music, you know. Yeah, it's 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 good, but like, it's not like technically good a lot of the time. Yeah, and I guess like it's not out there like winning you know a ton of a ton of like huge awards or anything like that outside of the genre, like up up against you know other other types of music, other I'm styles. Not, yeah, I'm not talking like new punk. I'm like talking like early punk, like their guitars are barely in tune, kind of punk. Like, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Pre Blink One Eighty Two kind of punk. Yeah, way before yeah. that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, dude, that's the uh, the game awards. Whenever whenever the game awards like finally happen and all of that, we'll have a rundown of uh, of the winners and we'll talk about talk about the show because I'm sure there'll be a ton of uh, announcements and things um, within uh, within that that Jeff Keeley. Uh, presentation so i'm ex- i'm excited for it there, i'm also excited because this is the way that this event usually is experienced by the vast majority of people like they usually have like a live audience um you know in a in a theater somewhere in i think they usually do like las vegas or something um so like the the pandemic w- 
won't change how the majority of people experience this um, because the only people who are there in person are usually the nominees. Um, and so it's a, uh, it's, it'll be fun to have something that's like relatively normal within this where it's like we didn't have E3 in a normal way. Um, but it will be nice to have this in a uh, fairly normal presentation package, uh, maybe a pre pre pre-recorded um and on you know remote type of stuff but it'll be uh, at least somewhat normal won't it be a shame if the last of us two in hades don't win any awards <laughs> yeah I, uh, yeah i feel the like those two hades and uh what was the other uh final fantasy 7 remake yeah i feel like it's gotta be a shame like <laughs> they, they have to like split up those like those awards by those games like yeah they just make up a new category, like best fifth game. Right. Well, I know in a lot of ways, like sometimes like there is an, whenever you're a voter in these types of things, cause like I've, you know, I voted for like the, the Grammys and the dove awards and things like that before. And like, there is a, like some level of like mental gymnastics and gamesmanship that you have to do within your own head where you're like, Oh, well this one's probably going to win, you know, this thing. And so like, I'm not, you know, I'm going to vote for for that, but not this other thing. And if everybody thinks the opposite thing than you think, and, or like nobody like comes to some sort of a consensus on like which one's the best direction and which one's the best overall, then yeah. it's like, it's just like neither of them will win. And somebody, you know, a third party, like a third, you know, a dark horse winner can sweep in and like, and get more votes than all the others. So yeah, there is like some element of like, you know, if there are these big, huge games, that get multiple things. There are a lot of times like uh, where they don't get what, almost any or they end up with like one or two you know or just just a single one or none at all so it shouldn't be like that people shouldn't be doing this like compensatory like i mean this one's gonna win this one it should be like yeah it's the best sound yeah, I guess because like for me, like it was it was more like because I wasn't like you know, talking to anybody about it, but it's like in my head, I'm like, yeah, but the you know the the art direction on this thing is better, or so for me in, in the music, where it's like, oh, this like this is the best like pop album, but it's also over in best overall album, so like what do I, you know, do I put it in the overall album and then leave it, like do a different one for the pop thing or do I put it in the pop thing and then do it, you know, as well in in the overall. So like, you know, it's just like this, uh, you have to decide as a voter, like within your own like head of like, what does any of this mean? What, what, what does the best game mean or whatever game of the year what does that mean to 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 be the game of the year does it have to have a narrative does it have to have uh all of the things or can it just be like the game you played the most of i don't know (laughs) what if what if hades just sweeps it because it's got this like rags to riches story like american idol they're always like crying and showing like the bad part of their past or something and then (laughs) And then they're Except like, there oh, is no bad part of, uh, of, of super giants past. Cause all their games are great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Not to rip on super giant. I just hate, like, I think it should just be an honest competition. True. Like, true. I mean, and it will be for sure. Like the it w- people just make those uh, calls based on the, uh, the descriptions that are provided, which, you know, sometimes are a little bit vague or sometimes are a little bit, you know, are up for interpretation in a little ways. So, you know, what's the, the best overall game, that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, people just make their make those decisions as far as what they're what they're voting for and what those the rubric is for themselves, and uh, we'll see how it all works out in a couple of weeks. I believe it'll be in uh, like middle of December is uh, is whenever this is gonna be. Let me find out exactly when by going to the homepage of this site. Hopefully, they'll have it there. 
How many sleeps until this? That's that's right. It's December tenth. So that's uh that's not too far away. That's only like a, two weeks away, something like that. So that's oh, wow. that, that we'll be able to find out pretty quickly about these games. That's it for this week. You can find us online at standtargetpodcast.com and uh, on social at John Wright 777. Uh, There's three sevens there. Don't go four because that, you know, that who knows what that John Wright thinks. That about guy's things. kind of a weird guy. He's probably some sort of a jerk, you know? <laughs> um, some sort of jerk. <laughs> anyway. What if he's uh, a saint? He's like at soup kitchens. <laughs> oh, man. He's, he's building adaptive controllers for he's people like in so his spare time. He's like so much like he's like the, the, the number one John Wright of all time you know just and all the all the john wright with three seven cult members have you ever brigading his profile have you ever uh been invited to like a facebook group of people with your same name i was at one point and i i, no. I denied it because i thought that was weird <laughs> we're like this group of john wrights it like it was like the John Wright Facebook group, you know, it's like worldwide, like all the people who have the same name as I have, like they were just like found me and invited me to their group. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not doing that guys. It's the John Luminati. I don't know. Like, I feel like what, you know, what if they were like, you know, trying to get everybody into a room and then like, you know, I want to be the, you know, the ultimate John Wright battle Royale style, you know, <laughs> like we got to find who the best. If I kill all the is. other John Wrights, I get their powers. There can only be one. <laughs> just turns into a complete comic book it's probably like <laughs> when's your birthday what's the last four of your social <laughs> <laughs> literally nobody's actually named john right it's just a big a big uh it's, it's a all big... like a russian botnet like <laughs> russian <Yeah>. hacker <laughs> they're deal. just trying to get like all your personal info <laughs> yeah they've so already got I... one piece so that's that's right they got your name you know in fact you know that's not even my full name but you know whatever there's somebody who's like a j-o-h-n right you know joins and they're like what get out of here they just create a bunch of groups it's like all our mother's maiden names are this (laughs) (laughs) they see what groups you're in all right (laughs) my goodness that's so funny uh anyway uh, you can find chris at chris right 250 and uh always online at stand target pod i believe is the the twitter there but always online at standtargetpodcast.com make sure you find us on your favorite podcast service of choice and review us and tell all your friends about us we really appreciate it that's it for this week we'll see you next time on stay Stay on on target. target